Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. In this episode, we're going to deep dive into my proprietary framework for building an expert empire. You might have seen me speak about this on stage at my expert empires event or if you're a member of our facebook community you might have seen me summarize this in in videos before but in this episode we're going to go really deep into it by the way there's a lot of information in this episode so if you're the sort of person that listens while you're driving along in the car or in the gym or something like that um it might be difficult for you to follow along you'll probably want to take lots of notes but what I'm also going to do um, is give you access for free to a visual representation of everything that I'm sharing here uh, in one place so you can get that you can download it for free all you got to do is go to expertempires.com forward slash framework that's expertempires.com forward slash framework you can download that visual representation it's effectively the key notes from this whole episode in one infographic so um yeah get along to expertempires.com forward slash framework um that links in the show notes i'm sure the team can put that in for you so that you can follow along um and hopefully it'll make it all uh, easier to understand and make a lot more sense so that said let's dive in so th- this framework i've been working on it the, the first version was created late 2016 um, and effectively um, in the, I suppose, eight years that preceded that, um, I'd worked out through trial and error and some successes and some failures and, and in my own businesses and also from working with a lot of clients through our mastermind programs and private consulting, I'd noticed that there were some coaches, consultants, speakers trainers, authors, experts that were starting from scratch and succeeding really quickly. And there were others who seemingly were very, very good at what they did. They were getting their clients brilliant results and they had amazing uh, expertise, experience, information, but they seemed to be struggling to get any traction in their business. So I I started to look through my own journey and clients' that I'd worked with, and I went, what is it? What are the commonalities that seem to make a business in this field succeed? Um, and what are some of the mistakes that people seem to make? Why do they Why do they seem to stutter and fail? Um, and so what, what I realized through, through doing some deep analysis was that there are three phases of building an expert business. And again, this all comes from my experience and clients' experiences. Um, this is wholly relevant if you're in the expert business, probably slightly irrelevant if you're not. So, you know, if you're a manufacturing firm or uh, you work in a tech company or or something like that, a lot of this might not be relevant for you. Um, But if you're an expert and the success of your business is based upon people buying into your expertise because they want to get a better result in some way, shape or form in some area of their life, then this framework is highly relevant for you. So there's three phases of building a business. The first one um, effectively is getting your business off the ground, getting started, getting your first few clients, getting some consistent income. And the collection of tools and philosophies that I teach 
to get that first phase of growth, I call the 50K formula. So effectively, it's how do you make your first 50,000 pounds or dollars if you're listening to this in the US, uh, uh, how do you make your first 50,000 in sales as quickly as possible? Um, and I guess the theory is that what it takes to get you started and get your first few clients uh, and get your consistent income, what it takes to get you there won't get you to the next phase of growth, which is now we start to build on those foundations and build what would be a six-figure or a multi-six-figure business. Um, and the collection of tools and strategies and tactics you should use at that level to grow to that level, I call the six-figure system. Um, and then, again, the theory really is that what gets you started won't help you grow to the next phase. And what got you to that next phase, maybe six figures or multi-six figures, won't help you scale. Um, and so the third phase of growth, um, the collection of tools and strategies that I teach to help people get to seven figures, I call the million pound method. And again, you can see these three phases mapped out. Um, go to expertempires.com forward slash framework and you'll be able to see a visual representation of everything I'm talking about here. So there are three phases and the mistake I see people make, to summarise this whole episode for you really briefly, the mistakes I see people make is they're either using seven-figure strategies when they're just getting started or they get started and have some success but then don't change their approach. They don't adopt more advanced scalable strategies and tactics to allow them to grow. And I certainly have been guilty of both of those mistakes in the past. When I first started out, um, I was trying to do seven-figure strategies um, and failed to really get any traction um, in the very early days. And um, I got stuck as well at kind of low to mid six figures because I wasn't embracing scalable, <clears throat> scalable strategies and tactics to get to seven figures. So I got stuck. Um, so those are the three phases of growth. And then the next thing you need to understand is the seven key ingredients or seven key components of building an expert business. Um, so I'll highlight what those seven are for you throughout this episode. So the first key component of success in an expert business, I call performance. So there's a lot of different strategies and tactics we're going to go into around marketing and sales and, um, and all of that kind of stuff. But First and foremost, you as the expert in your business, you got to get your performance to be at a certain level. So, um, you know, when I say performance, some of the words that you might use to explain this might be energy or mindset or state. So the question really is, how do you get your energy or mindset or state to be at a certain level that you can then implement the strategy and tactics that are necessary to succeed effectively. Um, so what I often like to do, um, and maybe just as you're listening to this, you can, uh, if you're sitting at home or in your office and you're making notes, you can do this exercise with me. Um, if you're out and about, then you can at least do this in your head. Um, the first question I got, and I ask this a lot, I must ask this question to right now on average, probably 50 or 100 people a week. Um, and the question really is, on a scale of zero to 10, zero is complete rubbish. Um, low levels of energy, low levels of motivation, lack of control over your mindset or state. Z uh, 10 is like you are bouncing out of bed in the morning, focused, committed, nothing can stop you. 
where would you rank your performance right now on a scale of zero to 10? So just think about what that number might be or write it down in your notes if you're a note taker. Um, and here's my here's what I've observed from my own performance. Now um, running a team, we've got 19 people in the Expert Empires team and we assess our performance scores, our energy, our mindset on a weekly basis. So the, the question really is, Scale of zero to 10, where are you? And here's what I've noticed. That between an eight out of 10 and a 10 out of 10 is where optimal results occur. So if you're currently an eight, a nine or a 10 out of 10, that's where you need to be to get decent results. Now, let's be realistic. No one's gonna be a 10 out of 10 all the time. There's always gonna be things, there's always gonna be tasks that you need to do in your business that don't fill you with energy. There's always gonna be bumps in the road or challenges or, or hurdles that come in your way and you know they might rock your energy or state uh, periodically so for me it's not about being a 10 out of 10 every minute of every day really the question is how can we make a good day a 10 and a bad day an 8 or a 9 that's where you want to get to now maybe you wrote down a number ranging somewhere between 0 and 6 out of 10 and if you're somewhere between a 0 and a 6 out of 10 that isn't all that bad either. Because for me, um, and I've had times in my life, in my career where I've been low energy, my mindset's not been straight. Um, if you're a six or below, the chances are you're sufficiently motivated to do something about it. Like you are serious about changing something in terms of your energy, your mindset, your state. And so you take action, you take massive action in order to make the change. So maybe listening to this podcast might be one way or attending workshops or putting yourself around a different peer group, whatever it might be. It causes you to do something different because you know, if you're operating at a six or below, you know that you're capable of a lot more than that. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. We all, we all have times. Um, I've certainly had many times in my career where I've dipped into that range but all that's meant is that I've been sufficiently motivated to change things. So I suppose what that leaves us is the 7 out of 10. So um, the 7 out of 10 is what I call, what we call in Expert Empires, the danger zone. And the reason it's the danger zone is because it's not a high enough energy or mindset or performance score for you to achieve the results you want. But it's also not low enough for you to feel sufficiently motivated to do something about it. Um, so consequently, you can just kind of cruise or coast along in average, uh, which isn't really good for anyone. In fact, I was um, I was sharing this framework at a, at a workshop just this week, um, and a, a lady uh, raised her hand and went, so it's a bit like the dog on the nail then. I went, I have no idea what you're talking about. What do you mean? She goes, the dog who's lying there on the floor on a nail, whining because he's in pain. But the point is, He's whining because it hurts, but it doesn't hurt bad enough for him to actually get up off the nail. And so a seven out of 10 is like the dog on the nail. I think that's a really good analogy. Um, so to bring this back to our framework, um, clearly, you know, the optimal results occur at an eight, a nine, a 10 out of 10. When you're in that first phase of growth, the only person's performance that matters is yours because you don't have a team of people. At the very start, you don't have any clients when you're just starting out, or maybe you've got a very small handful of clients. But bottom line is, the success or failure of your business is on your shoulders and your shoulders alone. Um, and I often say, you have 
the potential to be the greatest asset to your business. You also have the potential to be the greatest liability to your business when you're not operating at your full potential. So in that first phase, it's all about your performance. That's the focus. Now, if you're going to grow the business to phase two, to a six-figure or multi-six-figure income, then it's no longer just about your performance, your results, your energy, your mindset, your state. It now also becomes about your clients and their performance and their results and their energy and their mindset and their state. Because if you can get your clients performing at an eight or a nine or a 10 out of 10 in your chosen field, that might be results in their health, their fitness. It might be mindset, if that's what you specialize in. It might be results in their business. Um, It might be results in their relationships, wherever you operate. But ultimately, the better results clients get and the more energy they experience in the area that you excel in, the A, more likely they are to stay with you long term. And it's way easier to grow your business and build it when you've got loyal clients that are staying and you don't keep having to find new ones to grow. And of course, happy clients, good news spreads fast. So when you're uh, getting great results with your clients and their business is flying or they're losing weight or they've changed their life for the better, they've overcome their mental health issues, whatever that might be, people are going to take notice. And so they will willingly refer and recommend you. So to get to six figures, it's all about your client's performance, your client's mindset, your client's state. And to get to seven figures, it's no longer just about your performance or your clients, it's then about your team. So if you're going to get to seven figures, you are going to need, that's phase three of growing your expert empire, you're going to need a team of people. You're going to need to involve people in marketing, in sales, in customer service, in delivering of coaching, consulting, speaking, etc. And so it's no longer just about you. Now, you as the leader, of course, your performance, your energy, your mindset is critical the whole way through the journey. In fact, I'd argue that when you have a team, if your performance is an eight out of 10, probably the best you could expect from your team might be a six or a seven. So, you know, if you're gonna lead a team of people, you need your energy, your mindset to be at a 10 out of 10. This is one of the reasons why, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, at the start of this year, at the start of 2020, I made the decision to give up drinking alcohol. And the reason I did that was I looked back on 2019, our best year ever in business in terms of, in all areas, revenue, profit, customer feedback, you name it, absolutely killed it. And I looked at 2020 and I went, what can I do to up the game? How can I raise the bar? I went, well, if I'm going to raise the bar and we're going to beat that year and and do it even bigger and better in 2020, then I'm going to need to find more energy, more time and perform at a higher level. I went, well, you know, I already exercise, I already eat pretty well, I already invest a lot of time and energy in learning and developing myself personally. I have a coach, I'm part of a master, I'm part of two mastermind programs. I'm like, so what's the thing that I can do to make the difference? And again, if you've listened to the podcast, you'll know, I decided to give up drinking alcohol solely because I wanted to raise my average score and I I measure my score on a weekly basis. Our team does the same. I was like an eight and a half last year. I went, what can I do to get to a nine or a nine and a half? One thing I can do, which is really easy, I stop drinking alcohol, the score goes up, it has. Um, So I think when you're 
aspiring to get to seven figures or multi seven figures, then it's no longer just about your performance. It's about your team. And of course, you as the leader need to be up in the uh, raising the standard and up in your level significantly. And like I said, we measure this day in, day out, week in, week out with our team, with our clients, um, because ultimately, and the reason I talk about this first key component of performance first is because all the strategies and tactics in the world won't help you if you're not productive, if you're not efficient, if you're not able to overcome some of the mindset blocks that you might experience. You've got to get over all that in order to be able to implement the strategies and tactics that I'm going to share with you. So first part of building an expert empire um, is your performance. The second part or the second key component um, is profile. In other words, how are you, how is your personal brand perceived in the marketplace. So at phase one, if you're just getting started, you haven't yet got to the point when you've got a, ba- a solid base of clients and a consistent um, monthly income, the, the quickest way for you to establish yourself um, and to get attention on your profile is to become a specialist. So when I started my business in 2008, the first thing I did um, was I established myself as a specialist. So um, I left my job. I'd been working in sales and marketing for an NLP training company. I left my job and I set up my first business, my first proper business. I had a couple of failed attempts before, as I'm sure many of you have. Um, I set my first proper business as a freelance copywriter. So I would write sales letters, email campaigns, create marketing materials, and I specialised in providing that specific service for NLP professionals and coaches. And so straight away, because first of all, I was quite well connected in that world. I'd worked for an NLP company for a couple of years. I'd been around the personal development coaching world since I was a kid. Um, As you probably know, if you followed me at all, I I kind of, I was raised in the personal development world. I, I attended my first Tony Robbins event when I was 12. i got trained in NLP and life coaching and all these great skills throughout my teenage years. So I was already well connected. I already knew a lot of people in this world. So when I set up the business and said, right, I, and I built up the skill through the job that I'd been doing in that training company of sales. But when I, when I did marketing for that company, I got quite good at writing copy about writing their email campaigns, their sales letters, their web copy. And so I set my business. I said, if you're an NLP professional or a life coach, um, I'll write your marketing materials for you because I'm really good at it. Um, So what that specialist positioning meant was that if anybody needed help with marketing, why would they go to some marketing agency when they could come to somebody who could provide the service for them that knew the industry? So becoming a specialist, first of all, it, it meant that I could go to my existing network, and also that I could attract a lot of attention from people in the industry. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about tactically what I did to get my first clients a little bit later. So the, fir- the first phase of growth to get to that, you know, the, what I call the 50K formula, getting to that first £50,000 or dollars in sales, um, becoming a specialist is the quickest way to establish your profile. Like just being a life coach or a personal trainer or a business coach is not a niche. It's not you being a specialist. The deeper you can go on your specialist positioning, the more effective it will be. So like, let me give you another example. So um, let's say for argument's sake, um, you're looking for a, 
you're looking to improve your health and fitness. Um, and there's, uh, let's say you're, I don't know, um, a woman in your 30s, you've just had a baby and you're looking to lose a bit of baby weight. That's the current situation you're in. Which personal trainer are you going to go to? Personal trainer A, who's just a personal trainer, or personal trainer B, who's a personal trainer that specialises in helping women that have just given birth lose the baby weight. You're going to go to personal trainer B all day long. Why? Because you've got greater certainty that that person can get you the result you want. Because if you take nothing else from this episode, take this. Nobody wants a coach. Nobody wants to come to your seminar. Nobody wants to read your book. No one even wants really to listen to a podcast. They want the result they think that action's going to get them. And so the reason why somebody would choose personal trainer B is because A, they've got greater certainty in that person getting them the result because they've, they're a specialist. And by the way, that might or might not even be true in reality. The point is the perception of the market is that the specialist is more qualified and more likely to get the result. So consequently, they will always win, even if their fees are more, within reason. Like, just think about it. You can probably recall examples from your own life, from your own experience, where you, you've been deciding uh, about making a buying decision, and you've gone for the person or the option where you had greater certainty that it could get you the result. And the chances are, the reason why that was, because uh, they're a specialist and often will invest more money because remember, we're not bothered about the coach. We're not bothered about how many sessions we get. We're bothered about the likelihood of us getting the result. So the fastest way to establish your profile in that early, that first phase of growth is to become a specialist. Then when you want to grow to six figures or to multi six figures, then you need to raise your profile to what I call expert status. And the quickest and easiest way to raise your profile to expert status is by two things. First of all, one, creating your own proprietary content. So again, um, what I'm sharing with you in this episode is my framework for building an expert empire. And um, remember, you can download the visual representation with all the notes of the different phases of growth and the seven different key components and what to do at each phase you can download that at expertempires.com forward slash framework. So when you create your own framework, whatever that is for you, mine's the three phases of growth and yours might be the five key principles of weight loss or whatever it is. Um, once you've created that, and of course there are loads of examples that you already know, Stephen Covey, seven habits. Um, you've got uh, let me think of other examples. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, smart goals. These are all frameworks that are familiar to us. I'm sure listening to this episode, you, you're familiar with at least one of the examples that I just gave. Um, so putting your information, your expertise, um, the philosophy that you've created for success in the area that you specialize in, whether that's health or health, fitness, relationships, business growth, financial freedom, whatever it is, putting that into a framework and then the second piece of becoming an expert is then effectively productizing that content um, and so what I did was um, I switched from um, just providing a service called I'll write your email campaigns and your marketing materials for you if you're an NLP professional or a coach and then to raise my profile to expert status 
I started teaching small numbers workshops as well. Um, and of course, there's loads of other things you could do. You could self-publish a book. Um, you could run workshops like I did. Um, there's literally a million and one different things you could do to raise your profile to that of an expert. Even just taking your content, making videos, sharing them on social, um, creating written reports, um, being interviewed on podcasts, loads of things you could do to raise your profile to expert status, start to do some speaking gigs, things like that, maybe run your own online events like webinars. And then the third phase of growth, um, it's important regarding profile to raise your profile again to what, what I call authority level. Um, so again, what I did to raise my profile to authority level and it helped me build my business, um, two businesses that I built to seven figures um, and actually multi seven figures, the way that I did that um, was raising my profile to that level of authority. And my method was running large scale events. In other words, events like Expert Empires, uh, those are the events that I run now, although <clears throat> of course in 2020, we've not been able to run them, but uh, ordinarily we run two or three events a year each with five, six, seven hundred people in the room. Our biggest event today, it was 1,400 people uh, in June of 2019. Um, and so by running events of that scale and aligning with world-renowned speakers and having them on my stage, that raised my profile to authority. Now, you don't have to run large-scale events necessarily. You might have other ways of building authority. So you could... Um, you could write a best-selling book. That would be a great way to build authority. Um, you could launch your own podcast. That'd be another great way to build authority. Um, you could build a huge following on Instagram or Facebook would be another way um, to build your authority profile or your authority positioning. I guess the point is that a lot of people, I said this earlier, are using seven-figure strategies, a lot of people that I meet, they're, they're spending loads of time, energy, and focus, and sometimes money on writing and launching a book when they're just getting started. Doesn't make sense. The fastest way to build your profile when you're getting started is become a specialist. But they're using seven-figure marketing strategies to try and raise their profile when they're just getting started. It doesn't make any sense. And of course, on the flip side, some people get started, get their first few clients and get a consistent income, but they're not using strategies to raise their profile to expert or authority status, so they get stuck. So that's the second piece is building your profile. Third, which is also related to profile because it's another marketing element, and that's promotion. So how do you actually promote your products and services? So in the first phase, when you're aspiring to get your first batch of clients and get a consistent income, the best way to promote yourself, I know it sounds overly simplistic, so I will elaborate on it, is networking. So looking at your current network, the contacts you've already built up, most people, by the way, can build, I honestly believe this to be true, most people can build a business based on their expertise as a coach or a consultant or a mentor. They can build a business to the point where it's making them a full-time income, three, four, five thousand pound a month, just by leveraging their current contacts and their current contacts, as in their current network and the contacts of people in their current network, their first and second degree connections. So you don't need to be doing fancy funnels or building a complicated 
website or spending a load of money on ads or any of those things when you're in that first phase, utilizing your current network. And of course, that could be actually going to meetings or networking events. It could also now be doing it online. So building a network on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook or any of the other social platforms. So networking is the simplest, cheapest, quickest way for you to build your, to start getting the message out and promoting your products and services. So coming back to my example of when I started my first business in 2008 as a freelance copywriter, um, because I was a specialist and I was writing copy for NLP professionals and coaches, my sole promotional strategy was I bought tickets to attend NLP and coaching conferences or events. And so let's say for argument's sake, I was at a life coaching conference and there was 100 people in the room. 99 of them were life coaches, my ideal client. And then there was me. And so in the breaks at lunch, I would chat to people as you do in your network and get to know one another. And I'd ask what they do. And then they would ask me what I do. And I go, I, if I'm at a coaching conference full of life coaches, I'd say, I create marketing materials for life coaches. And they're like, wow, I'm rubbish at marketing. I need that. How can you help me? So literally, I'd go to these events and yeah, I'd learn some stuff, but really, I'd just go to these events and pick up loads of new clients. Um, So I didn't have, by the way, the first 18 months I was in business, didn't have a website. I didn't invest a single penny on branding or I didn't have any offices. I worked out of my spare room. I didn't have any staff. None of that. Just getting out there, meeting people. I was making, I think we did shade over £50,000 in our first year. Um, We were a six-figure business within a couple of years just from networking. Now, that will get you so far. To get to multi-six figures, phase two of growth, you do need to start looking at running some probably slightly more elaborate marketing campaigns than just going out and networking. So you might at this point build uh, or get somebody to build a simple marketing funnel for you where you've got a lead magnet and then they can purchase something online. You might start doing that to get to multi six figures, but you definitely don't need to do that when you're starting out. I started running um, workshops. So after I got that first phase of growth, in order to get to the second phase of growth, to get to multi six figures, I started running live workshops. Um, My first one, um, we had eight people turn up in August, 2009. And from that, I started running those workshops once a quarter. So literally all I ran was four marketing campaigns a year, So each quarter, I'd run a marketing campaign to promote and sell tickets to a workshop. And then from that workshop, I would get private clients who either I would write, I'd run marketing campaigns for, or I would coach or consult for. So I was still effectively um, selling time for money and working with clients one-on-one, but I was using four campaigns a year to fill our workshops. And then from those workshops, getting clients. Um, And the reason I tell you that four campaigns a year is because, again, I think a lot of times people overcomplicate it. And when when they're gunning to achieve six or multi six figures in sales, they start to run like loads of different campaigns simultaneously. And it's confusing and overwhelming. It's just not necessary. I suggest one campaign at a time. Um, Those that are in my mastermind program that have heard me explain this stuff in depth before, you'll know that my philosophy is one campaign at a time. And as a rule of thumb, one campaign a month is a good number to work on. 
because of course you're not just doing marketing campaigns when you're running your business you're also having sales conversations you're also delivering for your clients you're also having to manage all the customer service and admin and all those sort of things so doing more than one campaign a month gets really complicated and in order to execute more than one campaign a month you now then need to start building a team which is a seven figure strategy so to get to seven figures promotion in terms of promotion activity you would then need to start running what i call a mass marketing approach so you know at any given time in expert empires we're promote we, we release a new podcast episode every week obviously this episode that you're listening to right now is part of our relaunch so we're doing a big marketing campaign for that we're always running ads on facebook um, to promote uh, the open with the close book written by my business partner in the elite closing academy matt elwell we're always running promotions via email and other mediums for uh, mastermind we're always um, often running certain promotional campaigns for our events we've got webinars happening a couple of times a month so we do a lot of campaigns but that's appropriate because we're a multi-seven figure business but you wouldn't want to run that many campaigns when you're just getting started because first of all um, you couldn't possibly do all that work yourself and when you're just starting out you probably don't have a team of people as i already said and um, it's confusing to your audience so in order to have a mass marketing approach uh, to your promotional activity you need to then be very strategic and be able to um, i guess you need to be able to compartmentalize your audience so that they don't get overwhelmed with loads of campaigns at once um, so you segment your database so you know you might be sat on our email lists we've got three different lists that we keep and within each of those lists we've got different segments so even though you might only see one campaign at a time we're actually running multiple campaigns simultaneously if that makes sense um, so that's the third key component promotion and how you would apply it at each of the three phases of growth key component number four is packaging your expertise so how you actually package your products your services in a way that a make them compelling and make people want to buy them and b price them accordingly so that you can build your business strategically to fifty thousand a year in sales if you're in phase one six figures or multi six figures if you're in phase two and seven figures if you're in phase three so my advice in phase one is that you have one product or service no more and chances are in most cases that product or service um, is going to be a service it's going to be you delivering coaching consulting mentoring training on a one-to-one -one basis um, it's not scalable it's not going to get you to seven figures but it's the quickest and easiest way to get you started it's the easiest thing to sell of course it takes a lot of time to deliver but it's actually easier to sell than an online product it's easier to sell than a group coaching program so start off with one product or service probably one-to-one -one coaching consulting mentoring and my general rule of thumb of course there are exceptions to every rule and this isn't me saying you have to follow the rules to the letter i guess what i'm giving you here um, with this framework is what will give you the best chance of success with the least risk so you know you can go out there and start from scratch using seven figure strategies if you want to and many people do that and some of them succeed but most of them don't and so what i'm giving you here is what gives you the most likelihood of success the most predictable results and the least likelihood of burning out of wasting a load of money of failing so your single product or service in order to make it easy 
for you to generate a full-time income fast, what I suggest is that you that the fee structure for that is a minimum of £500. So either if it's a one-off purchase, minimum £500 investment, um, or if it's a recurring purchase, in other words, like a monthly coaching program, then it'd be £500 a month. And here's the reason. Because the hardest thing to do in business is get a new customer. It's the hardest thing to do. So if you're, if the business... If the success of your business is based upon you having to get lots and lots of customers, hundreds of customers, then you're swimming against the tide. You make it really difficult for yourself. Whereas um, if you only needed to get a handful of clients, well, let's say for argument's sake, you were, you were charging £500 a month for coaching or consulting or mentoring. You'd only need eight, nine clients in order to make four or £5,000 a month. So, you know, that's not that daunting that's not that difficult whereas you know if you're selling a hundred if you're selling this is a mistake i see coaches and trainers etc make all the time they're selling 60 or 70 pounds a session you need to get a lot of clients you need to sell a lot of sessions to make just to make to make ends meet even um so by having a program a package that's priced at a significant level and of course you know it will depend largely upon who your audience is um, and you know how affluent your ideal customer tends to be as to what you what you can charge. And some people should be charging a thousand, two thousand pounds straight out the gate, of course. Um, and of course, this is you have to factor this in when you're deciding who you're going to specialise in serving. Um, point number two on profile. So um, my advice is that you would have a single product or service, coaching, consulting, mentoring, delivered one on one, and that you should charge a minimum of five hundred pounds for it, so that you don't need lots of customers. You only need a small number of customers or clients to make a decent full-time income. To get to six figures or multi-six figures, yes, you might then need to start adding different products or services into the mix. So um, what I advise to get you to six figures or multi-six figures, again, general rule of thumb, not a exact science or anything like that, is that you might have three different products or services available. One low-priced, entry-level, easy-to-buy product, the second one being like a mid-priced program and the third being high ticket, £2,000 or above. So I'll give you a, a real life example of this. So um, my secondary business, which I mentioned earlier, the Elite Closing Academy, um, that I run uh, with my business partner, Matt Elwell, um, we actually only established that a couple of years ago. So it's a relatively new business. And we did exactly what I'm showing you here or explaining here in this episode. Um, we, first of all, the we had one product or service and it was Matt doing sales consultancy and coaching and then once he'd maxed out and got a bunch of clients at that level we then decided um because we wanted to scale the business to six figures and multi six figures um to add different products and services so one thing that matt did was wrote a book called open with a close um and we sell that online for two pound eighty and we sell <clears throat> i think in the last week alone we've sold i don't know 100 copies so we've got a hundred new people buying a product from our business in the last week. Um, the mid-priced program uh, is Matt's three-day training. And we started off with a two-day training. It was like 500 quid. Um, now it's a three-day training. It's 750 pounds to attend. So that's our mid-priced program. And then the high-priced program is Matt's Academy, um, which is a 12-month group coaching program on how to sell and close more business. And um, the investment in that is between six and £12,000, depending on 
<coughs> which program you're investing in. So um, by the way, that is a mid to high six figure business and we have three products. Book, three day training, academy, that's it. So I know the big mistake a lot of people are making is they've got so many different products and services to buy um, that, and again, this, this sits nicely alongside what I was saying about promotional activity. Because of that, they're trying to run too many promotions all at once. It's confusing, it's overwhelming for them, for their audience. And so consequently, they end up promoting nothing particularly well. So my advice would be keep it really clean. I mean, three as a general rule of thumb to get you to six figures or multi-six figures. And of course, if you want to scale your business up to seven figures, multi-seven figures as we have with Expert Empires, yes, we do have more products and services on offer than that, albeit not that many. We've probably only got five key products or services. Um, and one key element, if you're going to get your business to seven figures or multi-seven figures, is that you need something to sell that's what I call high ticket. So £10,000 £15,000, £20,000 investment. Now, I'm not saying you can't get to seven figures without a premium or high-priced program. In fact, um, we just started working with uh, a new client in a seven-figure mastermind program. They're already a seven-figure business. They have 13,000 members of their membership site paying $149 a year. I mean, that's pretty incredible when you think about it. They don't have, um, to be fair, they have, uh, they do still offer one-to-one -one coaching, which is premium, um, and they do attract quite a lot of sponsorship, which is high ticket every year for people to sponsor their programs. But effectively, they don't have anything that their customers can buy at a 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 pound price. So there are exceptions to every rule, but I'm telling you that they are a rare exception, not the norm. And so what, what you wanna look at is as you're building out, um, having at the first phase of growth that one single product or service, roughly 500 pounds, to get to six figures or multi-six figures, phase two of growth, having maybe a couple more products and services, one low end, one higher end, and to get to seven figures, it's just easier to get there. Remember what we're saying, if you've got to get loads of customers to hit your revenue goals, then you're making it really difficult for yourself. You're swimming against the tide. Whereas if you don't need to get that many customers, like I would argue um, this new client that's got 13,000 members at $149 a year, they could have easily hit the same revenue number with probably a third of the amount of customers. So they've done all the hard work. Now to get their business from seven figures to multi-seven or even eight figures, it's going to be relatively easy because they've got 13,000 paying customers. But they've done it the hard way for sure. All right, um, number five, let's talk about how you actually pitch your products and services. So a quick recap um, of our four component, uh, key components we've covered so far. Number one, performance. Number two, profile. Number three, promotion. Number four, packaging. And now number five, pitching. When you're starting out, when you're trying to establish yourself and get that first base uh, clients and generate a foundational level of income, bringing in three, four, five thousand pound a month to you, making a full-time living. Your strategy for pitching your products and services should be selling one-to-one. -one. In other words, face-to-face, one-to-one meetings, over the phone, over Zoom. You don't need to be running webinars to sell to the masses. You don't need to be running live events or workshops or any of that kind of stuff. One-to-one -one is it's actually your best way to sell and close. And the reason it's your best way to sell and close is because when you have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, you can tailor the conversation to the person you're speaking with. 
So they, you can highlight the key features and benefits of the program that are going to be most relevant for them. They can ask questions that are specific to them. They can raise objections that you can handle and speak about with them, which you can't do quite the same when you're selling to a group all at once, either online uh, or even if somebody lands on your website. You can't customise that website for every individual visitor. So once one's the most effective way for you to sell your products and services or pitch your products and services in the first instance. Um, and the other thing that you need to consider here is that the chances are in phase one, when you start in your business, not in all cases, but most, you're probably time rich, but cash poor. So the strategy for growing your business should be based upon using the resource you have most of, i.e. time, and keeping hold of the resource that you have less of, i.e. money. So a one-to-one strategy for pitching is time, yes, a big investment of time, but it's also the one that's most likely to get you the, the result in terms of sales and revenue. Now, to get to six figures or multi-six figures, you start to run out of time. And as you get to 100,000 a year, 150,000 a year, 200,000 a year in sales, chances are you're now getting busier with marketing campaigns, with sales conversations, with delivery for clients, with all the other things that come with running a bigger business. So you would then want to adopt a one-to-many approach to pitching. So you might start running small workshops rather than speaking to everybody individually on the phone or on Zoom. You might start running online events like webinars, um, for example. You might start sending people to a website where they can buy online. Now, none of those strategies are ever going to be as effective from a conversion point of view as one-to-one conversations, but it means that you can sell to more than one person at a time. So you're creating a more scalable way to pitch and sell and close. So one to many is the sales strategy to get to six figures or multi-six figures. And to scale to seven figures, you need to use a many-to-many approach to pitching and selling. So one-to-one is you speaking to one person at a time. One-to-many is you speaking to a group of people at a time, either online or offline. Many-to-many is it's no longer just you doing the selling or pitching. So um, I have a team of four full-time salespeople in my office. They can make 100 calls a day each. Um, They're not going to speak to 100 people a day each, but they make 400 calls in a day. And from those 400 calls a day, maybe they speak to 80 or 100 people. So if they're having 80 to 100 conversations a day, I can't have 80 to 100 conversations a day on my own. I just haven't got the time. And of course, I also have members of the team, Matt being one of them, my business partner in the Elite Closing Academy. Matt can run seminars and workshops um, to serve and sell and close on various programs that we offer without me having to be there. So this is how I've managed to scale the business to seven figures by using a many-to-many approach to selling and closing. Um, And again, when I got stuck at the six-figure level, which I did for a number of years, the reason I was stuck there was because the sales, the pitching was solely reliant upon me doing it all. And that's not scalable. All right, number six, personnel. Let's talk about who you bring into the business and when. Um, By the way, all of this really, what I'm giving you here is um, a guide for your strategy for growth. And for me, the definition of strategy is doing the right thing at the right time. There's no such thing as a good strategy or tactic, and there's no such thing as a bad strategy or tactic. We've talked a lot about, you know, building funnels, writing a book, 
starting a podcast, running workshops, webinars, etc., 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 selling one-to-one coaching or selling group programs. There's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. The question is, which strategy should you implement right now? In other words, what's the right thing to do at the right time? I'm not saying that, I mean, I, I certainly, um, I don't mean to, but I probably um, talk negatively about writing a book and a couple of reasons for that. One, I've never written a book, so I probably don't push it as like the best thing that you should be doing to grow your business. And I do see a lot of people writing books when really they're not ready. They should be starting their business by being a specialist, getting out and meeting people that are their ideal clients, selling one-to-one coaching, consulting, mentoring at a reasonable price so they can make a full-time income. And they they spend loads of time writing a book and they don't know how to launch it and get it into people's hands. And consequently, they spend loads of time, energy and invest a lot of resource in doing it and it doesn't really get them a result. So um, again, I don't want to badmouth writing a book. It's not a bad move. The question is, what's the right time to do it? Um, And I would argue that the right time to do it is when you're already established, you've got a base amount of clients, you're generating income, so you don't desperately need money right now. You've got the time to play the long game. I think writing a book is a long game marketing strategy. So it would be a great way for you to get to multi-six or seven figures, but probably not what you need to do to get your first batch of clients, in my opinion. So anyway, coming back to this. So all of this is about not this is good, this is bad, this is right, this is wrong. It's about what's the best strategy to implement at the right time. So let's talk about personnel, bringing people into the business. So again, when you're starting out, you shouldn't be bringing people into the business. You shouldn't be hiring staff. Um, to summarize the mistakes I see people make, um, my, my, ba- my, my greatest blessing, I think, when I started my business in 2008 was I didn't have any money. And so I had to find a way to work it out on the cheap, on a shoestring budget. And, you know, a lot of times now I see people they're made redundant from their corporate career. They've got a you know a, a chunk of capital to start a business, and so they make all the classic mistakes. Um, they go and rent an office. They hire staff. They build a fancy website. They spend a load of money on that. They hire you know they, they I think I said they hire staff. They they start spending money on ads. All this th- all these things, and they do all of this before they do the one thing that actually for me proves that their business has some kind until they prove the concept until they prove that their business has actually got the the potential to be a successful business and that is get a client or get their first batch of clients so you when you're starting out you don't need staff so you should i think it's actually healthy for you to start to learn in the early stages how to do marketing how to sell how to deliver coaching consulting mentoring at a high level Um, how to do basic financial management and bookkeeping. I think these are skills that are good for you to learn in the early days, how to do customer service. And uh, and the reason I think that's a good thing, because by the way, I've done all of those jobs in my business at the start. And I think the reason that's a good thing is because then when when I did start to recruit some people so I could grow and scale my business, I knew what I was looking for. I knew how to run marketing campaigns. I knew how to sell and close people on my products and services over the phone or in person. I knew how to deal with customer service inquiries. I I knew all of that stuff so that when I wanted to go to phase two and grow the business to six figures or multi-six figures, and by the way, you don't need any staff or or team members at that first phase of growth, but you definitely do to get to phase two. What I would suggest is you bring in people on probably a part-time basis. So 
my version of that was I hired a part-time assistant on 15 hours a week to start with. I had a commission-only salesperson um, and I had a contractor that would do some um, marketing stuff for me and, and do a bit of advising and consulting for my clients. So that enabled me to get to multi-six figures with that part-time team. You might start bringing in a virtual assistant, for example, would be a good way for you to, um, I guess, leverage your time better. Um, so to get to phase two in terms of personnel, you, you might bring in people on a part-time or virtual basis. And if you're gonna get to seven figures, you will need a full-time team. You'll need at the very minimum somebody to run your marketing campaigns for you, somebody that isn't you to do selling so that you can execute a many-to-many -many approach. Um, you'll need um, probably other people to start delivering coaching, consulting, mentoring to your clients, not just you. Um, you know, in my business, we've got marketing department, which has got five people in it, sales team, which has got four people in it, um, customer experience team, which is three people, and an events team, which is another three people, um, which is really delivering for our clients. We've got somebody in finance. So we've got all these different departments, which means that I don't have to do, like I can, we can be running marketing campaigns, we can be making sales, we can be doing all of these things, we can be delivering for clients. We've got nearly 200 people in our various group programs right now, and I couldn't possibly serve 200 people myself. But because I've got other people delivering the coaching, other people delivering the trainings, I still do some of the delivery because A, I'm the best qualified person in the business to do certain trainings and I enjoy it, but it's scalable because I've got a full-time team. And the final element of our framework here, um, remember you can download the visual representation of this framework because I know there's a lot of information in this episode. It's very deep and information heavy. Um, you can get that at expertempires.com forward slash framework. You can download, um, yeah, I think it's in PDF format, um, the visual representation with all the three phases of growth and all these seven different um, key components of building an expert business and what to do at what phase, depending on what you're, where you're at. Um, the final uh, of our seven key components is planning. Um, and so I think where a lot of people struggle is that they've got very lofty, ambitions and goals. Maybe they've got a real clear vision on the difference, the impact they want to make on the world. But what they're lacking is a connection between that vision and their day-to-day -day activity. And so in the first phase of growth, when you're trying to get your first batch of clients, you want to make your first, you want to get to three, four, five thousand pound a month. So you're making a full-time income from your expertise. Your planning should be done one month at a time. So yes, you should have a vision for the difference you want to make in the world. Yeah, you might even have an annual goal for revenue or number of clients or something like that. But your detailed planning, in other words, what strategies and tactics am I going to execute? What actions am I going to take day in, day out? You should be planning one month ahead, maximum. Because you don't know at that, at that stage of growth, you don't really know what's going to work in three months or six months time. You're kind, you're kind of in the trial and error phase, probably. So you do your planning one month at a time. If you're going to get to the next phase, phase two of growth, six figures or multi-six figures, then you do need to start planning three months out. So planning quarters. And think about this, like from a logical standpoint, if at phase two, you've got a part-time team of people, they need to know what the plan is. 
they need to know what they're working on day in, day out. And so you probably need to start planning further in advance. If you're going to use a one-to-many strategy for selling and delivering your products and services, in other words, running live events like I do, um, running group programs, you need to plan that stuff more than one month out. So you need to plan at least three months at a time. If you're going to do marketing campaigns, you know, like I said before, a campaign a month, you probably need to think in advance, what campaign am I going to be doing next month and the month after that? So it makes sense as you grow the infrastructure of the business that you might want to start planning further in advance. And if you're going to get to seven figures or multi-seven figures, then you need to start planning a year in advance. So of course, when you, you know, utilizing some of the strategies we use now in a multi-seven figure business, we're doing large scale events, not right now in 2020 due to lockdown and global pandemic, but normally we're doing large scale events. We plan at the start of the year, we know when we're doing those events for the whole year. We know who the speakers are going to be for at least six months ahead. So we're planning far further out now than we were at the start. So I guess the point is with all of this, this whole framework that I've outlined for you in this episode, it's about doing the right thing at the right time. It's about implementing the relevant strategies and tactics in your business based upon which phase of growth you are right now. Um, Remember, the biggest mistake people make is in the early stages when they're just starting out, they're trying to get their first few clients, they're trying to get their business consistently to three, four, five thousand a month. The mistake they're making, I see, is that they're using seven figure strategies when they're getting started. And that's what holds them back. Similarly, I see a lot of clients uh, businesses get stuck. I was certainly just like this, where you know I was stuck at low to mid six figures for a couple of years. And the reason was I wasn't using the next phase of growth strategies. I wasn't using seven figure strategies. And so I got stuck. Um, so really, it's about using the appropriate strategies and tactics based on the phase of growth that you're in. Um, and remember, you can download uh, the visual representation and the notes from this episode Uh, All you got to do is go to expertempires.com forward slash framework. Uh, It's free to download, no charge, um, so that you can, I suppose, if you've been listening to this on the go, in the gym, in the car, as I often do when I'm listening to podcasts, then that framework, when you can see it visually, it will be a good recap um, and will help you to implement the relevant strategies and tactics in your business. So hopefully you found this episode useful, interesting. Thank you so much for downloading it, for listening to it. Please share the love, tell your friends about it. If you think there's something in here that they'll find useful, I'd really appreciate that. And uh, we'll see you very soon. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms, and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember till next time, The more you connect, the more you collect.